Something seems just a little off with the world champs. You know, it's just a matter of getting our traction because everything's kind of a grind right now, as it is during the course of the year a lot. Welcome to the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm Jay Black with our AJC Braves beat reporter, Justin Toscano at Truist Park. And, and Justin, we've got a long, long way to go, but are you surprised the Braves still have not won a series yet? Yeah, that part is surprising. I mean, I think like slow starts often happen. It happened last year. This team is 7-10 and 10 through 17 games, same record as last year. I am surprised that with playing the Reds and the Nationals and the Marlins in three of the first five series that they have not won a series, though. That is surprising. All right, coming up, we'll dig into the mood of the room as we're almost finished here with April. Take a look at why the offense in the lineup is just a little bit behind. We'll also answer some of your mailbag questions and look at our winners of the week. A reminder, if you're hearing us for the first time, please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Braves Report, presented to you by Kroger. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. All right, Justin, first off, um, Sunday's game is why I support all speed-up measures by Major League Baseball, because that one was a little sluggish. Yeah, that was, a, that was a long one. Yeah, that one dragged. I can understand the 9-7 to seven, uh, Saturday night game going a little bit longer, but, man, 5-4, to four, uh, where the Braves really couldn't put much offensively uh, together there until the ninth. I Yeah, yeah, I'm stumped, but I'm willing to listen on anything that shortens some of these games. Do you count, uh, dis- despite the, 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 the actual loss for the Braves, do you count Sunday's performance as a win for Bryce Elder? You know, I do because it's the third start of his career, and I'll kinda, I don't want to go too much into it because I don't want to echo exactly what we said last week. But, look, this is a kid who was making the third start of his career. He battled. He wasn't erratic, and I think, like, you might use that word if a guy walks six guys, but he was around the zone, and I don't think they were... He didn't look wild out there, um, and then he limited damage. Heck, he should have had a five scoreless innings outing with six walks had Orlando Garcia <laughs> caught the ball that he should have caught on the warning track. It was in his glove, and it popped out. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think it's a win, because, look, he's still figuring stuff out. He's still a guy who doesn't even have five starts under his belt yet up here. And you can argue that he was still brought up earlier than maybe they would have wanted just because of the circumstances. And so, yeah, that's a big win in terms of the rotation and the some of the poor starts we have seen this year through 17 games. Bryce Elders, to me, like have not been counted in that bunch because even when he struggles a little bit, he hasn't spiraled. All right, so I've already checked off now 10% of the season, believe it or not, with the 17 games in the books. And... I want to bring forward a couple of pieces of audio that that we've picked up from Brian Snitker during the week. This one, first from L.A. during the series against the Dodgers. You know, we we haven't even scratched the surface of what we're capable of yet. So, um, but we're guys hanging in there and working, and, and, um, you know, it's pretty much all you can ask, and and we'll we'll be fine. It's a good team. And this was Sunday? It seems a lot eerily 
the same in a lot of respects. You know, I hate to say last year, but it's it's you know, there's a lot of similarities, and and um, you know, it's just part of I think I think it's part of a good team trying to get find itself. And you know, there's new some new pieces here we're trying to identify with, and it's just about you know, it just takes a while to because I, I like there's a lot to like out there. This is obviously no time to panic, and it really does kind of feel like last April was like there's definitely more here, but it's not there yet. No, no, there's definitely more in the can, but this team has not hit its stride. And I think it's just like it's a team trying to find itself a little bit. They don't have their most talented player, uh, Ronald Acuna, who's still on a rehab assignment. The bottom of the lineup, for the most part, has struggled um, other than a couple moments here and there. Um, And when you're getting regulars that are struggling like that and you don't have Acuna to lengthen that lineup, it gets a little bit tough. And I think there's just it's just a little bit off. And then you have, you know, they could have won Saturday's game. They score seven runs, but Colin McHugh and Spencer Strider, who for the most part had just been great this season, uh, didn't have good outings. And then on Sunday, you know, today, um, Bryce Elder struggled a little bit, kept it within range. And then, you know, some of the, the offense just didn't show up until the ninth inning. And so it looks like they're just a tick off, but I don't really think it's even concerning. I don't think the Braves looked good today for eight innings um in fact they look bad but it isn't indicative you just can't read too much into these things and i know we're in a very reactionary business uh where we cover like what just happened and we're doing this podcast and giving you our unfiltered takes and opinions and reporting and analysis but that would be my take on this is just that it you can see every game that this team is talented. They're not overmatched by any stretch, and that might be, make it more frustrating for fans, and I totally get that. Just because last year they started slow, just because you're not even a month into this season, that doesn't mean it's any more fun to watch for fans to watch this team struggle. But on the other hand, the main issue with this team is just that it's it's a tick off and things aren't syncing up all the time. Uh, it's not for any lack of talent or for any huge hole in the roster. Are there question marks? Sure. Um, are there concerns even? Yeah, we've brought them up before, and I think we could bring them up again. But I just think that this is something that will solve itself. But I do understand you wanted the defending world champions to look better against you know teams, especially like Cincinnati, Washington, and Miami. Yeah, I mean, those are clearly, at, at this point, nobody we put in there as contenders. Miami is, is obviously better. Uh, the Reds and Nationals are not. But that was lost opportunities at a time when you look at the schedule and it's like, okay, the Braves aren't going to have Acuna for April, but this is a very manageable schedule and they haven't won a series yet. Exactly. And they and I think it's, the stunning part is like you go from a win against Miami on Friday, looked pretty decent, you know, 3-0, um, then Saturday. It's like, what happened? And I think Brian Snicker, the plan was there. It was a good plan for his bullpen, and it just kind of blew up and, and, you know, in their faces. It just didn't work out that night. And then Sunday, you know, the offense just goes cold. And granted, Miami's got some good pitching, uh, and their bullpen's a lot deeper than it used to be. Um, but this team just has too much talent to struggle like it has in, in some respects. Uh, and then you look at the San Diego series. A couple of those games are just like, what happened? And then the other two, they looked great. And so it's just like the end of both spectrums where it's like they haven't reached their potential enough this season, but you can definitely see that it's there. And I think, like you said, these are the series they needed to win because without Acuna, they had a very manageable schedule. And they've got, you know, Texas coming up after they play the Cubs, uh, but then they've got the Mets. And then they're going to get into the more of the heart of that divisional schedule with the Mets and the Phillies. 
and look, even Miami, you know, they proved last this time and Washington even a week and a half ago that those aren't going to be easy, you know, games to win either. But I think the the Braves will hit their stride. But I do understand the concern over the lack of production at times in the lineup, some of the poor starts here and there. Um, the bullpen has been good for the most part, but it, it just wasn't the past couple of days. So I do I do understand that. I just think these guys look a little bit off. It is kind of amazing that there is legitimate um, struggles in the offense right now and in the lineup, and yet this team leads the league in homers. 100%. Yeah, and it just goes to show you that they're going to hit. They're going to hit for power. They're going to produce runs. The funny thing is, you would think, based on some of the struggling hitters, that this team lacks run production. Actually, entering Sunday, they were at four runs a game, which placed them, I think, you know, middle of the pack. And so it hasn't been as bad as it's looked. Um, I think the part that is crazy that we did discuss for a minute last time is now updating these numbers. 17 of those home runs are solo shots. 17 of the 19 are solo shots, which is one, kind of fluky. But two, I think you and I can agree maybe that that's kind of just indicative of the spot they are offensively. Austin Riley, Matt Olson, Ozzy Albies, and Marcelo Zuna are hitting. Dansby Swanson, Eddie Rosario are not enough. Guillermo Heredia has, you know, a solo home run. But just that bottom of the lineup has not produced um, like you would have liked it to. And without Ronald Acuna, there's there aren't a lot of guys on the bases uh, for these guys when they come up. And it's been a lot of Matt Olson, you know, double with nobody on or single with nobody on Austin Riley doubled twice with no one on you know in Sunday's game and so I just think that you know um well now you know 20 of their seven, eighteen of um or 17 of their 20 home runs I should say uh correcting from earlier solo shots because of that Austin Riley won in the ninth but it's really indicative of how they haven't been able to string anything together and it's everything's just been a grind for them how's Eddie doing Oh, I mean, he's he's doing. I think um, you look at that scoreboard and it, it just magnifies everything. With the early start, you know, a poor start early, beginning of the season, you have that number front and center, uh, just that, that number. You don't get to do it in July. You don't get to do it in August. But to start like that at the beginning of the season when you started at 0-0-0 is not good. And it might, you know, affect you a little more. He looked like he was maybe coming out of it against the Dodgers a little bit. Uh, maybe some of that magic from playing the Dodgers, who we, you know he played so well against last postseason, but he just didn't look great in this Miami series, and you know went down uh, for the five as the final out um, of Sunday's game with the tying run on second. He he just doesn't. He looks like he's pressing a little bit, and it's just not working for him. And I think. I don't see a ton of good in the at-bats in terms of just like he looks lost and he looks more like uncomfortable, like he's pressing, like he's trying to make something happen. You know, you totally get it, but I think he's really, it's really gotten to him. You know, it's tough to speak for guys mentally, but he looks just a little bit um, flustered and frustrated up there. One of the things we really hope to do with this podcast is to, to really bring you inside the dugout and the clubhouse and bring you a little more of the conversations that Justin is able to have on a on an everyday basis before the game and, and to dig into a little more on, on how a hitting coach tries to help parts of his lineup dig out of a hole. Justin, you were able to catch up with Kevin Seitzer earlier this week, and here's part of that conversation. What do you think about the lineup so far, the production? What are you seeing? Uh, I mean, we got some guys off to a slow start. And, you know, we got a few guys swinging it pretty good, but kind of a normal 
normal start to the season. You know, you get guys that are off hot, guys that aren't, and then they start trying to press a little bit and do a little too much. And it, it's, it takes a little while for us to settle in as an offense and, and start rolling. So, you know, it's kind of normal. Short and spring training didn't help either. Um, so, you know, guys will get synced up here. I know Dansby has traditionally been that guy that kind of allows himself to go through things like that, doesn't panic. How do you help a guy like that through it when they're when they're struggling? And, you know, how do you take those baby steps to help them? You know, it, it's easier with guys who are veteran guys that have, have gone through the ups and downs. And, and, and like you said, they, they don't panic. They just stay with the process, keep doing their work. We're, we're making adjustments when need be. And, you know, they're trying to trying to do what they need to do in order to get locked in. So, you know, like I said, sometimes it takes some guys longer than others, but when he gets hot, it can be. He got hot for two months last year, middle of the season. So, you know, we hope it doesn't take that long, but you just never know. I weren't kidding to you about uh, Justin being able to do that in the dugout before the game, so we apologize for some of the racket there, but we did want you to hear uh, as much of that a as you could hear. So, Justin, you're working on, on a story for uh, AJC.com slash sports on, on Monday and coming up in the Braves Report newsletter. But what did you learn from, from what Kevin told you? Yeah, yeah. So I was working on a Q&A um, because I wanted to just put those some of those answers out, ask just a couple questions. He had a couple minutes, so just ask. The people listening will see the rest of the questions in that Q&A. What I really learned, though, is, one, I think we all think of Matt Olson as billed as advertised, but he's actually, to Kevin Seitzer, he's actually exceeded expectations. And I thought that was really interesting now that he's seen him work, that he said he thought he didn't know, he didn't think Matt Olson was as good of a hitter as he now thinks he is. Um, and the other thing just being that, he doesn't really like to put expectations on his guys. Uh, like when I asked him how confident he was if, about this offense being this, the way it's been the last few years, he just doesn't like to put expectations on that those guys. But the interesting part of that answer that I just really found intriguing was how he said that traditionally, you know, since he's been here, guys have maybe performed better than he even expected. So there's been a lot of pleasant surprises, um, and there could be again. And I think... You see a lot of positive from the offense. They don't have their best hitter, um, a superstar player, and yet they're still doing what they're doing. Uh, I think the signs are there, especially if the bottom of the lineup can can pick up a little bit of that slack going forward. That's just an example of what you can get if you are a subscriber to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. More stories like this from Justin online and in the newspaper. And if you are not subscribing, we do have a special offer for Braves fans we want to tell you about. We call it our season pass, and you get unlimited digital access to all of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, not just Justin's reporting, but everything we have to offer online until the end of the World Series for just $39.99. That's $125 a week, half our regular price, plus you'll get our official Worth the Wait Championship Edition front page as well as our gifts. So take advantage of the special offer today. Go to subscribe.ajc.com slash season pass. That is subscribe.ajc.com slash season pass for unlimited Braves coverage for just $39.99. Now to the pitching. And the Braves numbers, I think, are a little more accurate. Ranked 24th in the league overall at ERA. The starters are ranked 23rd. Doesn't feel like the starters are going very deep, though, but they are third in the league in innings pitched. How do you how do you rank what you're seeing on the mound so far? It's been a mixed bag because I think, like, there's some skewage. That's not even a word, but I think it's a little bit skewed in the sense that 
for the starting pitchers, for example. Max Fried's line his first day didn't look, you know, on opening night, didn't look great, you know, didn't look indicative of the way he actually pitched. Um, and then Charlie Morton, two of his three starts have been, you know, pretty tough. So what I'm seeing is that I think there's the fact that the Braves are only three games under 500 and they really probably haven't pitched their potential in most respects. Um, you could look at a lot of those starts and be like, oh, that could have been, a, you know, a little bit better. Ian Anderson's had some struggles. I think that's encouraging because I think with a guy like Charlie Morton, he also struggled in April last year and then put together a great season. And you don't worry. Also broke his leg, you know, last October. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. I think, I think we tend to forget about that because he's basically a superhero around these parts for how fast he came back from that. But he's a guy who, you know, Brian Snicker said when I asked him last week, you just don't worry about a guy like Charlie Morton, a guy with that track record, because yep. as long as he is physically healthy, you're going to expect to get production from him. Kyle Wright has been an absolute star for them uh, through his first few starts. You hope he can, you know, maybe not continue it to the level, you know, to the tune of a 1.06 ERA, but continue it in some facet where he avoids kind of the blowups and doesn't spiral. I think they've gotten, honestly, pretty much what they could have asked for out of Bryce Elder. I know these last two have been tough for him, but the fact that he's given the team a chance to win in both games and kept them in games to me is is incredible given that this is a kid who had one full season of pro ball, climbed the organizational ladder, never spent much time in, in one place in the system. And so now for him to do this, but I do think it's going to come down to Charlie Morton and Ian Anderson have to be themselves and have to produce at a high level and have to remain steady and remain level just because I think Max Fried has shown you, especially with that LA start, that he's going to be, he can be a number one guy that he's got the stuff for that, he's got the mentality for that, he's a number one guy, he's a true number one guy. I think it's just going to come down to Ian Anderson and Charlie Morton also being front half of the rotation guys and performing like that, because if that happens, this team's going to be really, really dangerous. If it doesn't, the rotation, the question marks in the rotation become even more plenty. I like this uh, piece of sound we got from Kyle Wright on Friday and clearly demonstrating that, that now he, he is seeing the adjustments he has to make and is making them before anybody can catch up. This past week, we really focused on, you know, just throwing that fastball up, executing it, not trying to do too much or be too cute with it. Um, so I feel like just kind of that work we, you know, worked on through my bullpen side session this week. Um, yeah, I just tried to simplify and just, you know, throw it to my spot. Is he somebody now you think, okay, was this just kind of three hot starts or are you going to start counting on him? I'm going to lean to start counting on him. Like I said, maybe not to the degree of a one ERA, but this is a guy who, when I asked around, you know, in the clubhouse, we talked about this a few shows back, about a month back in spring training, Travis Darnot, you know, when I asked who could be a breakout player, after a minute of thought, Kyle Wright. I asked Austin Riley the same thing, separately. Um, a minute of thought again, he goes, you know what, Kyle Wright, like the stuff. And, and, and his teammates have echoed that. Like Max Fried told me that too, just the stuff. He's always had the stuff to be able to do this. And now you put that together with a different mentality. I think you're seeing a different guy on the mound, a guy who attacks, a guy who trusts his stuff, a guy who throws his pitches with conviction and doesn't back away and doesn't back off. And I think that's a lot of what Snit has told us, you know, really since spring training and even more so now that Kyle Wright has looked since camp opened like a guy who has a different look in his eye, who approaches it differently, who's demeanor on the mound is completely different than what they had seen before it was almost now or never for him 
because he was, you know, a high pick in the draft, trying to put it together still, has received opportunities. But I think that AAA time really helped him gain some consistency and find what works for him, namely throwing that curveball more and, and trusting it and throwing it in any count and throwing it to any hitter. But I think he just, the stuff is there. But also, to me, the conviction is there. Like, he's working efficiently. He's working fast. He's attacking guys. He's not backing off of anything. And I think that really bodes well because that tells me that this really isn't a fluke. One thing we did not really expect at this point in April was the Braves' bullpen being ranked 12th in the National League right now in earn run average. And probably seen this earlier in the week. Snit's not going to get too carried away with using him right now, even if uh, things get a little dicey early on. In the fourth inning? If I start doing that with Minter and Will Smith and Matzik, they'll be dead by 1st of May. I mean, that's a game when, yeah, that, that's, like I say, if I use those guys in that position, then we won't have them by the all-star break. You surprised, though, that with how deep this pin is, it's not like clicking yet either? Yeah, a little bit. And you know what? I actually think, I actually think the bullpen's been better than that number shows. Uh, I think that number's probably inflated by a Tucker Davidson kind of blow up couple innings that first weekend. And then Sean Newcomb uh, obviously was not good. I am surprised that Colin McHugh had that rough outing and, but his was even before that his ERA was inflated because of that opening night home run. I think it's going to steady out a lot. And I think if you, I think if you throw these guys against any lineup, you're going to be fine most times, but this weekend has shown us that, they're not Teflon. Like, there could be cracks there. Um, they're going to have their struggles. And that just, that, like, to me, increases the importance of the lineup and the starting pitching. Because you just, yeah, you can't rely on these guys from the fourth inning on uh, all the time. They've got a deep bullpen, but they've also got to get a little more out of their starting pitching. And that, to me, is is a little more important just because I think bullpens in this day and age are volatile and you, you sometimes never know what to expect and you really do have to manage those guys um and that was a big debate this week about how snit you know managed newcomb versus the other guys in la but i do think that honestly i think the bullpen's been pretty good for the most part uh it's just been those you know either games that they're already going to be out of or like this weekend was the first time i really had any real concerns about it and that was just because back-to-back days they struggled even a guy like AJ Minter struggled today and you just don't you know he's been so good but I think that number is going to level out a little bit and they should be in the top 10 top 8 but right now it does look a little more magnified just because of the two games they just had the Braves report is brought to you by Kroger and prices at the pump are coming down that's great however it is still a miserable experience so here's one thing that'll help becoming a Kroger boost member because Kroger boost members get two times the fuel points now plus you get free deliveries on kroger groceries so you get to save money on gas and you get some time back by not having to stand in line and check out you will also get more benefits and more savings for as little as 59 bucks a year so go to kroger.com slash boost to enroll that is kroger.com slash boost we'll take your mailback questions coming up but we do have some roster changes this week out is sean newcomb out is Huskari Noah in? Is Jesse Chavez coming back? And in is Travis Demerit. And I, I know Braves fans are highly aggravated about Sean Newcomb, but this the, this is a, a disappointing situation because he was supposed to be one of the pieces, and it and it never worked out. Right, that Angelton Simmons trade. Um, 
I specifically remember the first time I ever wrote about Sean Newcomb or mentioned him in a notebook or something, uh, looking online just to get some background and make sure I had something. And a couple of those pieces online suggested that perhaps in the future, years down the line, this was back in 2015, you know, that they said years down the line, we could call this a Sean Newcomb trade. Um, and you certainly can call it that just for different reasons than you ever envisioned. Yeah. And it's just a really disappointing situation because, I mean, look, Alex Anthopoulos was really honest this spring when he said, you know, publicly that like being out of major league options or minor league options, sorry, um, gives you every opportunity to make the roster. And he made the roster. He had a couple good opportunities and just didn't convert on them. Uh, the results just weren't there. He felt like he'd pitch better. And honestly, he had some soft contact in a couple of them, but he just never found that footing. And it's really sad because, you know, as Brian Snicker said in L.A., big, strong lefty, like somebody's going to take a crack at him. And the Cubs did. They traded for him. And obviously you saw the value the in the fact that the Braves did not let him get to waivers. They instead traded him for Jesse Chavez um, because another team was, you know, going to take him. And so you might as well get something for him. But it is a sad situation because I could see Sean Newcomb having some success somewhere else. Maybe the change of scenery helps. Uh, but this was really a guy who was supposed to do a lot more um, and had that near no hitter. And really, you know, after yep. a lot of times after that, it just wasn't the same. Is Ronald Acuna still on track for May 6th or is it going to be earlier? Yeah, yeah. I think they're they're loosely targeting May 6th. It probably could go in either direction. And that was the vibe and the feel, you know, even two weeks ago that they would evaluate it. But he is looking really good, um, you know, might lead triple a and stolen bases by the time he comes up uh because you know but he's ops of uh 1088 uh, coming into sunday which ain't bad yeah uh you know i wouldn't want to be a triple a pitcher on a on a roster facing that guy right now um but no i, I think he's yeah it should be may 6th or you know it could be a little earlier could be i don't know if it'll be a little later right now he he looks pretty good but i know he's going to be um starting on tuesday or on tuesday he will play nine innings in right field and they'll see how that goes to do his next steps but he's supposed to play tuesday wednesday and thursday at least and then go from there quick look around the nl east and braves are four and a half back now as we record this with the mets that's kind of looking like the real deal yeah and uh i expressed concern about not having jacob grom and potentially not having max scherzer when it looked like he had that hamstring tweak but the Mets look really good. The lineup looks a lot deeper with Eduardo Escobar, Starling Marte, Mark Canna. And I think, you know, the rotation looks deeper with Carrasco pitching the way he can and Scherzer yep. being Scherzer. Uh, and them really getting great contributions from Tyler McGill and David Peterson. And Peterson just got sent down. It's going to be a dogfight in the NL East. We've seen this with the Mets, and I've always said, like, I'll wait and see with them because they always kind of implode that's that's been their thing over the past couple of years so when it happens i'll believe it but they look really good and the thing with them is they have taken care of business against inferior opponents and so far the braves have not and so they can't you know it but these teams are look they're going to play 19 times so the braves will get their opportunity against these guys and three of them at home well, that's a good, pretty good place to start the braves report mailbag we take your questions on twitter on uh, justin's twitter account which is Justin C. Toscano, just my name. And we will start uh, with the Mets from Papa Jr. After all these recent losses and the Mets' recent success, is there any hesitation in still putting the Braves as the favorites to win the NL East? 
I mean, maybe a little hesitation because if you get like 10 games back, that's not good. But this is before Memorial Day, heck, folks. This is even before May. No, I still think the Braves, you look at them top to bottom. When things click, this team's going to be really, really good. I think um, they're still going to hit. And not only are they hitting for power right now, I think they'll hit for power pretty much the entire season. Sure, they'll go through their slumps. Sure, some of the top hitters will slump and be scuffling at certain times. But they're going to string. They haven't even strung much together offensively, and they're still hitting like this. I think they're going to be just fine. They've got the talent to be there, and I don't think the Mets have really had experience uh, being you know, in those tough divisional games. Like They haven't had that success like the Braves had. This is a Jay question. Marlins. Plus or minus eighty and a half. Ooh, wins. and give me give me minus. I'll go I'll go with the under on that. I think they're, I think the Marlins are better. I just think they are in the unfortunate division of having to play the Mets, the Braves, and the Phillies, who are very talented teams, you know, and, and can hit. I think the Marlins have great pitching, but I just don't see that lineup being able to score enough yet. But I guess they proved me wrong this weekend. All right, next up, Matthew Bayer. Do you anticipate a lineup shakeup this week to try to get things going? No, you know, nothing big. I think, like, we'll see Swanson uh, probably, you know, ninth, like when Darno comes back. You know, Arcia has hit well at times, but I don't see a huge lineup shake just because your top hitters are hitting, and you can't really do much until Acuna comes back. Next up from Blue, do you think getting Acuna back will light a spark in our very dry offensive production, he says? Yeah, for sure, 100%. I think guys are trying hard, you know, having fun and already energetic, but when you put a guy like that back in, it slots other people correctly into the lineup. Uh, Guys aren't trying to do too much. Matt Olson's going to see a lot better pitches, as will Austin Riley, and by that effect, as will, you know, Marcelo Zuna. So I think it's going to really be sparking the lineup because it's going to take a lot of pressure off a lot of guys, and they're going to start – they're really going to start rolling, I think. This is from WSFM. Looks like the first four spots in the Braves rotation is set. What do you do with the fifth spot? Yeah, that's interesting. I think, um, I honestly think Yanoa could come back up to help this team eventually. They sent him down to AAA to get extra work. But right now they're rolling with Elder and, and he's looked good. Um, so unless there's an outside acquisition, I mean, it's tough to go against somebody like that, especially because your other options, you know, Kyle Muller, Tucker Davidson, um, guys like that just haven't good old Tukey. yeah yeah they haven't they haven't really taken it over like elder has and i think he's really battling to find himself here all right last one is from sam peebles i would love to hear the story of your journey to how you got your current position and i'm going to answer that one for you that is a great question and a great topic for when we have a slow time in the season so we're going to hang on to that one talk a little more baseball but that's a what what's your five second way on how you got your got to where you are um, yeah, college uh, for sports journalism at Arizona State, uh, various internships there, uh, the final one being MLB.com associate reporting internship, where I got to kind of cover the Diamondbacks behind their full-time guy, uh, Steve Gilbert, who's a mentor of mine. Um, and then after my first job, I got the Mets job, which uh, helped me get this job. So yeah, it's a great spot to be in. I'm really grateful and happy to be here. Whenever things slow down, maybe if the people want a, you know, sort of inside the life of a baseball beat reporter, we'll, we'll take a half hour on that in the offseason. Because that, that's actually, that actually be a pretty entertaining uh, discussion. So great question. Yeah, I uh, think there, that would, Sam. yeah, I know. I appreciate the question. That would be entertaining, you know, when the season gets slow or in the offseason. But I'll have to prepare my answers because I can't, I've already learned from the past two episodes that I can't really promote uh, other brands that are not sponsoring us. That, that, yeah, that's right. There are no free ads here on the Braves Report right. podcast. Kroger, 
We're, we're happy to have you. Now, for the winners of the week, and you will take it away, Mr. Justin. Uh, my big winner of the week is, um, I'm going to go weird with this one, skin. So face, hands, <laughs> arms, okay. legs. The weather in Atlanta has just been perfect. I feel like that opening week, um, there was some rain. I remember that. It was still still a little chilly. Good weather, but still a little chilly. This weekend at the ballpark was absolutely phenomenal. I left California uh, a few, you know, on Thursday. No drop off in weather. Heck, it was even a little warmer here, and the weather was just perfect. Like this is, this is great. This is lovely. Atlanta in the springtime is pretty spectacular. Uh, people keep telling me to wait until the summer, and I just I don't want to believe it. And even in the summer, I'm going to tell them I would. You can't shovel sunshine. And you know that's a great point because you can still do stuff outside you can go to the swimming pool you can go play golf it's just you know hot i would much rather have 1000 percent humidity than 10 inches of snow any day of the week uh somebody who has lived in states with a lot of snow like i know there's some here but the winters here are very mild and i would a hundred percent rather sweat through my shirts every single day than have to put 10 jackets on our snow here is an event, and, you know, it's, it's fun. It's, you know, it's, as long as it doesn't ice over for a week, it's, it, it, it's entertaining as opposed to just part of life. So I'll take that. My winner of the week is, is baseball-focused, and that's teams that want to beat the Braves on the bases because right now, stolen bases against the Braves, 12 of 13. Meanwhile, the Braves have only stolen three bases, so got a bit of a problem uh, running around now, but this team's just not a running team, but they're not throwing anybody out either. Right, right. I um, mean, you know, Ronald Acuna will fix the latter half of that uh, in part, but that first half, like, they won a World Series while still being like that. Nothing changed. I think everybody kind of expected something like this, but the disparity is kind of staggering. Are, are you, do you think it'll be more of a track mate? Because even 12 stolen bases in 17 games seems kind of low to me, knowing the Braves struggle throwing people out. Yeah, I mean, a little bit, but there's not a lot of teams, if you look at lineups nowadays, Nobody's running. Right, exactly. And teams prioritize having guys on base and, and getting to swing the bat with a guy on base rather than chancing it with the out uh, if they don't have to manufacture any offense. And the days of the little, you know, short, fast leadoff hitter are kind of done. Like, you have the dynamic Ronald Acuna's, but you don't have just that. A lot of times that super fast guy can't stay in the lineup because he doesn't have the bat for it. All right, now looking at our week ahead, and it'll be three with the Cubs starting Tuesday and then off to Texas to face the Rangers. You're pitching matchups against the Cubbies, Freed and Stroman, Morton against Leiter, and Kyle Wright will face our old buddy Drew Smiley. What are you looking for uh, against the Cubs? Yeah, I mean, the guy, like, watching Seiya Suzuki, uh, obviously that's going to be fun, seeing him in person for the first time. The matchup I'm really keyed on is Max Freed. Uh, who went against um, Walker Bueller in his last start, going against Marcus Stroman in this one. Max Fried has proven that he can be a number one guy. He's got the stuff to do it. He's got the mentality to do it, the mindset to do it, the mental toughness to do it. Um, and seeing him and Stroman go head-to-head in the series opener is going to be really fun. And the Rangers spent a whole bunch of money and have got five wins to show for it so far. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one, and you really figure that the Braves need to use that to get a little bit on track. A couple good bats in that lineup, but they do not look good, um, and the Braves really should rake there. All right, so that's where we will leave it. If you have not been doing so, please rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe this show. Justin, we'll talk to you again next week on the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Constitution. 
When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.